0: To another episode of La Ventanita, the Miami Herald food podcast. I'm the Miami Herald food editor, Carlos Frias, here joined every week by my buddy Amy Reyes.
1: What's up, Carlos?
0: Oh, we got too many things going on. We got uh, so too many, many too things many going on.
1: Oh, and I'm real, I'm real amped about today's guest. Me this too. Is a, this is a good one. We got a Me good too. one today.
0: Yeah, he's he's an interesting dude, and I I can't wait to talk to him. Uh but we have so many like
1: little Yeah, bits no, we and have some we have some, to some ground to cover first.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Can we can we start with the thing? Yes, that's been we my can obsession? start
1: we can start with the planchita. Please give the people what they want, which is right. an update of the finalized version of your sandwich press.
0: Okay. So just to recap, a couple start months. Start from ago, the beginning.
1: Begin yes. at the beginning.
0: Be- for those begin that don't at know. The beginning. Uh a couple months ago I just I I Fulfilled an obsession. I was like, I need a sandwich press. And I was I was uh unimpressed by what I saw at the store. Those <laughs> little those little ridged panini presses. You know, George Foreman. Yeah, George Foreman, you could fit maybe one or two sandwiches. And the truth is, when I make one at home, I make four or five sandwiches. You know what I mean? And it's you don't like, play.
1: You, you no, don't play I
0: around. I don't play around. I mean, no, I got, got a family. Your a lot of people come here and they they love my homemade sandwiches. So uh, I decided that I was gonna get not just any sandwich press, I wanted a commercial sandwich press that I could bring into my house. And uh, Felipe Valls, uh of Versailles uh, helped me secure one. He helped me get one, it was uh, one of the ones that they had kind of floating in their system in disrepair, um, and he got it up to snuff and working and it was amazing. I mean, it works incredibly. But when I brought it home, as you can see, it is not much to look at. There's some photos. If you're listening on the audio podcast, you can see it on on the um
1: Yeah, let me YouTube describe. Channel. It it looks a little like Brady Bunch era. It has a kind of um
0: an orange and black sticker on the front.
1: Yeah, orange and black sticker on the front. A lot of grime from years of sandwiching and it just looks like it, it looks like it's been used like it's fulfilled its purpose in life as a sandwich press.
0: It, it is a workhorse it is norm sitting at the end of the bar at cheers you know it is yeah he it's is doing weathered. its job that's right and so when i brought it home i was like i really need to bling this thing out like i need to make <laughs> this fit make into it worthy the rest of, my, of my life yes mm-hmm. yes because once it was functional and i needed it to be that but i also needed to uh remain with my partner uh my fiance you needed it to be harmonious with the decor i'm not even gonna lie she was like it was fine before and i was like i needed it to look awesome it needs to look pretty so you know what you know i have an obsession with like old cars and like i love watching restorations of like remember that show was called like maybe it was called like american restorers or american restoration something like that where they would find old come on they would, f- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they'd find like old things and they would take it to a guy and they, they basically remake it almost new. So I mm-hmm. found this guy in Hialeah, his name is Oscar Hernandez. And, uh, and he owns a shop called, um, sunshine, polish and plating. Cause what I decided yeah. I was going to take it to a guy who could bling this thing out. Now the guy's not an appliance expert, but he's like, like people take everything from like car parts to old fixtures and he plates them in all kinds of different things. So, I took him my idea, make this thing something that would look amazing in my kitchen. And I went in with a plan. I was like, I want this part chrome. I want this part polished. I want some, uh, some, um, uh, uh, some plating brushed, here, brushed brass here and there to match some of the elements in my kitchen. And it took him about, uh, I'd say a little bit more a month, about five or six weeks. And Enough
1: to fill the banter period of at least five shows have
0: at least five shows <laughs> and while he was we doing got that weekly
1: updates like you were giving birth to a baby, so are we gonna listen, see the final let's see the final well, product well
0: and and the other thing I'm gonna say is uh, dur- so during that time I found a a, um, a a shop online that made badges for cars, so, you know like it says the name of your car, you know, and you'll see a picture of it there, and I had to make a brass plate. That could then go on la planchita, which is what I've dubbed it. Beautiful. And uh, and of course, because because the definition, of what I've done here is extra,
1: so I also, extra.
0: I also shot a video.
1: Okay, a we have to see the video. video. Everybody, of get ready. Anybody who can't see this, I'm so sorry for you. It's so it's it's, it's going to be kick, very extra.
0: I'm going to kick it to our uh, to our technical director Pierre. Uh, show the people what we have done.
1: Oh my God, it is amazing. You you even got him to like to like plate the little the little screws that go in the front. Dude, no, this is the next level.
0: So what you can't see is that the guy built a new handle for it and brass plated it and made it match uh, like the legs were these black, sturdy, but industrial legs. And he he covered them. He kind of concealed them inside this tubing and brass plated that and kind of made everything match. And if you go back to that picture, Pierre, if you don't mind. Uh, you can see that like there's some elements in my kitchen that are like that are like brass. You know, you can see the knobs of, of my kitchen and they're stainless steel because, you know, every so many appliances are stainless steel now. So I feel like it fits the aesthetic of the house. And I was so proud of it, Amy. Like the kids came over and they came in the house and I was like, guys, La Planchita, what do you think? And they're like, yeah, it's cool.
1: Yeah, no, no, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get the reaction you want from no, no, from your I children. Didn't.
0: I really didn't. I was uh, I was disappointed, no. but then I realized that I'm the sick one. Yeah, <laughs> they they had a perfectly normal reaction, normal reaction to a new sandwich press in the house, mm-hmm. and I'm the one with the illness.
1: Well, so. I got to say, if my husband refurbished a planchita and made it that pretty. I would probably take all of my appliances and put them in the garbage <laughs> and just like this is it. This we don't get a blender, there's no toaster here. We're just going to have this beautiful planchita and everybody's just going to have to like marvel at it. Everything so I hope you found an altar in your kitchen to place the planchita. I light did. A candle. I
0: did. I put it I put it in like this very corner and like you walk in and it's like the first thing you see.
1: Oh! So. That's La planchita.
0: Right. I mean, it's gonna make for a great discussion, like when Indeed. when folks come over and stuff like that. So I better pumped. make
1: for some great sandwiches, and I better get some of them. That is um, all I gotta say.
0: Well, you know what? I I might do something this weekend, so I'll, I'll holler at you if I yeah. Up. Let me know. I have not broken it in yet. I have not like I turned it on and made sure it ran. It, it heats incredibly. It runs
1: perfectly. I uh, will leave Kendall for that. I will leave Kendall for yeah, planchita so. sandwiches.
0: I'm ready. I'm ready to debut it. So, I'll let you know what oh, happens.
1: Oh, speaking of leaving Kendall. I left Kendall this weekend. I went out to dinner. I went to Orno. Oh, look at you. Oh my god, so fancy. I felt very fancy. It was like a, you know, one of those dinners where you go out with a whole bunch of people and you're just like ready to drop a whole bunch of money. Right. And um I have to say, this is my next strategy for when I go to Orno because this is one of uh, you know, Niven Patel's um two restaurants in the Thesis Hotel on US 1 up in Coral Gables. Dude, you don't even need to get the main dishes. Just get all of the the sharing plates from the sharing plates menu. Oh, my God. Everything was good. That like is by exactly the
0: time I, when I reviewed it. That's exactly what I told people to do. I was like, there's so many great, dude. interesting, like uh, uh, uh appetizers and small plates just for order a bunch by the of time the
1: beef came i was like i don't even want this you know because yeah. i ordered the beef because mm-hmm. i was drinking my red wines but i was like i had the cauliflower i had the octopus i had the the some like lettuce leaves that had some cream stuff and it. it was everything was delicious yeah no um this is i'm not a food reviewer okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> some lettuce leaves with some cream on some it.
1: creamy stuff inside of them it, dude the cauliflower, I got, I, I got them to bring us more cauliflower. I was like, yes, the be-
0: cauliflower stood out oh. uh, from when I went uh, as being a really great dish. And I, and it's interesting because he's done his version of a steakhouse there, mm-hmm. you know, because he, what his first restaurant is, is purely Indian. Although he, he adds his own chefy mixes to it because he comes from a background of, you know, I mean, he, he worked with, with Michael Schwartz. He studied under Michael Schwartz. He studied under uh, Dean Max, who's like a, the the seafood expert. That's the guy that that's the guy that taught uh, Jeremy Ford all about Zen in the kitchen. So like, oh, so like that's yeah that really uh, uh, interesting family food family treated that he branched off from there. Um, mm-hmm. And so so this restaurant is a little bit more mainstream. Like it's a it's a steakhouse, but what's he going to do with it? And like you saw, he does really interesting dishes there.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that that's the way to go. You can get the artichokes, you can get the eggplant. You can get, you don't even have to get meat like this place. Everything, everything was good. Everything was good.
0: I found the meat to be fine. Like, yeah, no, the meat was fine. Like like once you're, there's people for whom steak houses is the end all be all and they're scared of flavors. I mean, meat and potatoes is a saying for a reason. Right. And, and so like, I don't get super excited about steak, but it's done perfectly. It's it's done exactly how you want a steak. Like Mm -hmm. I would much, like I, I don't really order steak when I go out. Um. Although I did when I went there because I was like, this is a steakhouse. You have to order steak and see how they do it. And they do it perfectly.
1: Yeah, um, was, it was great.
0: But it was but, so interesting. Everything else was so interesting, right?
1: Everything else was so interesting because like the steak was good. You know, it was good. It was a good cut kind of beef, and it had like they make like a really fresh kind of a chimichurri sauce that goes on it, mm-hmm. and it was good. But I literally was like, "Could we get more eggplant and cauliflower?" Like, mm-hmm. it, it, this is a way to make people be vegetarian because everything from the sharing plates, like most of it was vegetables, and everything was amazing. So, and
0: you you know what's funny about Nevin Patel is that he is vegetarian. Is and he? he? Doesn't he doesn't eat meat at all? Like he he seasons things and he conceives of them, but he doesn't. He doesn't eat that meat like he's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not necessarily I don't know if it's if it's religious or or just cultural. But I mean, that's that's how he grew up eating, uh, which so it it goes to show how, you know, how great of a chef he is that he oh, can cook man. like
1: that. Uh, I'll be back. I'll be back to Orno. Food. And I think I can make the visit cheaper if I just stick to the to the sharing plates and right. get a glass of wine as opposed to the three bottles that we had. We really went hard. Well, like, what, what, what did your group look like? Like who did it? It not- was. It was a big group, so it was like a lot. And and By then ten people, um, five people. It was four couples.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. And we oh, all so went really doing, hard. You're doing a very delicate da- balancing yes. because you're right at the cusp where it could Oof. get out of hand.
1: Yes. With the yes. number and of then, people. And then if somebody starts ordering cocktails, oh my oh, god! That's Whenever people start ordering cocktails instead of a bottle of wine to share, I'm always just like, we're not going out with these people ever again. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, no.
0: But <laughs> did you have? Did you have any of the I didn't have any of that appetizer. Oh, so no. Thank God.
1: No, these are people that the bill comes and there's four men and all four of the men put their credit cards and then that was it.
0: Oh, see, then you're with the perfect, in that sense, yeah, sense you're with the perfect couple. They're
1: good couple. couples to, to go out to eat with.
0: They're, you you understand that when you go out with people, they're going to have their idiosyncrasies. And like you said, yes. somebody might order the cocktail. Okay, but you kind of, that's what you sign up for. Yeah. That's the uh, price of that admission for that yeah, for that kind of eating. Totally.
1: No, but, but I you, think that in this case, these, the, this, was a good, this was a good group to, to split because were, we were all kind of doing the same thing. Every, right. We shared all the appetizers and then everybody got their own entree and then we drank a lot of wine.
0: So Oh, that's so good. And the wine list there is really good. I want to say that we also had probably two bottles of wine when we went. Well, you know the, do you remember the story of when I went is we all sat down, we ordered our drinks, we ordered our meals, the meals started cooking. Everything was in motion. The appetizers had arrived, and right at that moment, one of the folks that we went out with got a phone call. Walked out to take the phone call, came back in, sat down, and said, Somebody at that party that we were all with last weekend tested positive for COVID.
1: Oh no.
0: So we all sat there
1: and you were like, appetizer on the table. What do we do? Yeah. And,
0: and, you know, what was there to do at that point? We stayed, you know, we stayed, we finished eating and then we went home and, and kind of quarantined, and then waited to see what the, what we heard from it. But that was right at the cusp of when people were, when we were trying to decide like, what does the world look like? You know, and at, yeah. th- at that point we'd all been, everybody at that table had been vaccinated. Um, I don't think the boosters was, were out yet, but we had all been vaccinated. Oh um, man, for, I'm I'm
1: glad we're kind for- of like pushing past that point now it is It is now everybody's got the stupid sinus cold so like everybody's instead of getting covid everybody's got the head cold
0: everybody's got some kind of like Mm -hmm. flu flu like symptoms like we've done we've done covid tests here twice in the last month because somebody was sick and no and it's and it's been it's not covid just a bad cold just some kind of head cold thing
1: Oh, Carlos, before we before we bring out our guest, I have to tell you, I finished watching The Bear. I okay. made it to episode one and? because remember, The Bear is that show on Hulu. Hulu. It's on Hulu. And it's the show about this guy who comes back to Chicago to run his um his brother's kitchen, his brother's restaurant. Mm. And it was so stressful to me in episode one because everybody was so mean to each other and they were so stressed out and they were all yelling and screaming in this kitchen. And I was like, how are they going to make good food? and i was just like no i cannot with you people and then carlos was like no 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 you got to stick with it you got to you got to hang in there um just give it another give it another go so i strapped him and i was like okay we're going to do this so i have to say it was a really good show and i i learned a lot about about how how kitchens operate um that there's an episode where this um uh, this young chef that he hired institutes like a French protocol for ah, the
0: brigade, the French the brigade, brigade. Mm-hmm.
1: that episode was so much fun for me because I was like, Oh, this girl's going to get this kitchen running. Right. And she did. It was yep. amazing. Like right. she got all these people who are just numb nuts and who are just crazy and just like, where does this go? Where's this thing? I need hands, whatever. Um, she got them all like, they were like soldiers. It was amazing. You know,
0: I, what, what, um, I think was genius about that show is there are characters that, they rub you the wrong way, but they are still likable. Like there's the, there's the cousin, right? Mm-hmm. Cousin. And there's the woman chef who's been there a long time. Like she's got, she's like Latin. She's like mm-hmm. Afro-Latina, right? And she's, and she's trying to kind of actively sabotage the other girl. Right. Uh, as a know-it-all. And it, she just bugged me. And then, Little pieces of them start being revealed, right? And like the great, you start to see why
1: starts. they're why they are the way they are. No, it was a really good, and it was it was a really good like ensemble. Like you get to see how it was almost like um, like making a movie. You get to see how people who hate each other and who have a lot of things in you know against each other, if they're if they all know their roles, they can get through a shift. You know, right. they can get through a service, and right. so that and that was what I really liked about that.
0: And you and you really do start seeing where where. Uh, the place does feel like family like when they talk yeah. about places that are businesses but feel like family you start to see especially when you have people that have been at a place for 10 15 years plus mm-hmm. like how can you not you know it's no longer uh just like a employee number and a social security number you know
1: but oh and then there's this one character this mm-hmm. one young young guy that um I, they didn't really establish if if he was homeless or not but he was sleeping at the restaurant And he was kind of like one of these mad scientist dessert guys – who would uh, – who was like just – he had this passion to to create this donut and he was just so obsessed with it. And the the chef was just like, yeah, it would do you. As long as you make your chocolate cakes, we're good, you know. And so right. he's in the he's in this little cave just making this – and it, it reminded me of like a lot of people that you have um, profiled in Miami who are like, oh, he started at – you know, he started at Q and he was doing a barbecue. And then he That's like came up with this recipe and then he's – now he's doing it from his own home. And like, like it, it shows you kind of the evolution like where people – where people who become like experts at a certain thing, like how they get room to grow, and who it is that like gives them the space to just experiment and try to figure out how it is that they're going to make the thing that they're eventually going to become amazing at. Right. So I, I really like that part of it too.
0: Yeah, I, I found that pretty pretty telling. Like there were really interesting little bits there. Uh, the one with that kid, the uh, the young black kid, is he he comes to idolize this this chef, you know, because of all he's learned and mm-hmm. he reads his books and. And uh, and that's really how things like that happen in in, in a regular restaurant business. And I I thought, I thought that that obviously not working in the business, you know, working kind of adjacent to it, I can't say uh, with any kind of authenticity, you know, authority, how, how accurate it is. But a lot of it do, a lot of it does ring true. Like a lot of those things do ring true. It's
1: very explanatory for people who don't work in restaurants. It, It explains a lot.
0: It also helped now. So when I'm, Messing around the kitchen and like the dogs in the kitchen, I'll say corner. So he knows to move, you know,
1: <laughs> I'm sure your dog listens.
0: Yeah. I was expert chef at that moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway. Uh, oh, you know, um, a place that, that um, you should try if you, if you get up this way is this place I just wrote about um, talking about little spots is a uh, white rose coffee shop.
1: Oh, right. So Tell I, me used, about
0: it. I used to go, so it's this coffee shop slash tattoo parlor and it's like, Let me finish. Is what I want to say. (laughs) (laughs) I used to. I'm calling.
1: (laughs) I'm calling like the health inspector right now. That's what I'm doing. It
0: seems like that shouldn't work, but I. But it does. Um, I used to go to this little coffee shop that opened up on A Street uh, around 62nd Avenue, and I remember seeing and being like, "This is an oddity. This is a part. This is like, um, you know, what you expect kind of a hipster coffee shop in a part of town where it's all ventanitas. You know, it's all Cuban restaurants and little Cuban coffee windows." And this place opened uh, because the guy from the the tattoo parlor, two three spots down, needed like an overflow lounge. I mean, the guy's tattoo parlor is four hundred square feet, mm-hmm. so so people wanted a place to hang out. And eventually, uh, the, it worked out so well that the guy. Well, I have said, never
1: been into a tattoo parlor that wasn't kind of gross.
0: Well, so, my, yeah. my buddy Josh used to patronize it, and Josh is like, you know, Mister Attorney and everything else. He's my he's in my book club. And uh, he's like, the first time I walked in there, he goes, had someone not seen me right away, I would have walked out because it was <laughs> it was like a little scary. And But then now this new place, like they found this place that is just like a huge space. Where is it at? It's on the corner of 47th Avenue and um, and Cayocho. So it's a little bit further east. It's about mm-hmm. 15 blocks east.
1: It's not Little Havana like proper.
0: Not Little Havana proper, no. It's mm-hmm. just like an old, it's, it's literally walking distance to my house. Okay. So it's like phlegami. Are you going to start getting tattoos now? You know what? No.
1: You should no. get a planchita tattooed on you. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's already tattooed on my heart.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb.
0: But I will say that like I walked in there and like the coffee shop is spacious and open and cool and – um. It's inviting, you know. uh, These reclaimed wood floors, like from the original building, and then in the back is almost like a negative space. Like the front space is white with black accents, and the tattoo shop is all black with little white accents. So it's like, yeah, it's like a a, a negative space to it, and it's just wonderful. Like you don't hear buzzing or people yelling or people screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can like have either or both experiences, you know, Mm -hmm. and um,
1: coffee or a tattoo. Or coffee and a tattoo,
0: and the thing is, and I like that they are local folks. You know, mm-hmm. they're two Miami people that are doing it. You know, that grew up in this neighborhood. Like he, uh, the one of the owners, uh, Javier Betancourt, uh, grew up literally in this neighborhood. Went to the school district. Went to South Miami High, which is in the in the school district of where that shop is. Nice. So, um, so they're they're they are locals doing it for locals, and I really appreciate that. So nice, I like it.
1: Sounds awesome. I'll go. I'll get some coffee, but I'm probably not going to get a tattoo. I do need to touch up my little 18 year old, um, (laughs) my little 18 year old tattoo from my back. I got like a little Saturn because I was 18. And um, And what did
0: Saturn mean to you at 18? It
1: meant nothing. It was like I was like I literally walked into this grummy place and I was like, I want that. Yeah.
0: That is hilarious. Yeah. You should totally you should totally do that. You should, do, you, should, you should get that done I should touch it again. up
1: and I should add to it. That's what I should do. I should yeah, make it more exciting.
0: Because I think all those things, without being someone who has te- someone who does not have a tattoo, I think that all those are life markers still. You know, It mm-hmm. tells you something about where you were at that point in your life. You were the kind who was 18 and went into a place and just, said, just pointed at the walls and said, give me that. Totally. Yeah, which is fine. Yep. I, I think that if you go, this guy's actually really talented. Um, and I think that if you, if you went there, I think it might be a slippery slope. You might. You, I might, might get be the beginning of the billboard. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna rant just for a minute, like for one minute.
1: One then, minute, and then I'm because gonna move I want to talk to our guest, because I'm, oh, I'm.
0: I do too. We've we've been bantering for a long time. We've
1: been bantering for a while.
0: But but I will just say that uh, Cafè La Trova was just named again for the third year in a row to um, by this this corporation who's very perfectly named World's Best World's Best 50, uh, 50 World's Best Bars. Uh, and they were named to that. And um, and it, it's weird. I had this weird experience where it's, I guess now the, the the guy that does the cocktails there, Julio Cabrera, who's one of the original uh, partners, um, was like, uh, you know, I mentioned that it was a spot that was, that was co-owned by Michelle Bernstein. And I got a note from his PR, his personal PR person saying that, no, she doesn't have an ownership stake in it. Even though her husband, you know, David Martinez has an ownership stake and he's a partner with Julio Cabrera. And she's done all the food and they've traded on her name and her being involved from the very beginning. And now it's like, oh, she's not a, she's not a partner, actually. She's a, yep. you know, she's not an owner. She's she's a partner. Weirded, she's a yeah. partner, not an owner. Yeah. And, uh, I always and, get
1: weirded out when, that when, when we get those kind of um, corrections from restaurants, they're like, yeah. he doesn't own the place, even though like the, you know, right. the name is attached to it. It's very, it's very tricky for, for us because- like they do well, try to capitalize on you know well-known chefs' names, and then then they like pull out the the rug from underneath us because we're like we wrote it that way. Was yeah. it not right in the beginning?
0: It's a little bit weird because it's it's either, it either starts as disingenuous or ends up that way. Yeah, you know if you're not and 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 you know in our business there's nothing that you hate more than getting played. Yeah, you know um,
1: or being corrected. Yeah, exactly. I don't like being correct.
0: I know. I like I like being right on the front
1: end all the time. Exactly. Never not right. Like, tell us the thing
0: and let us get it right. And I feel very bad when we get it wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's like when someone kind of gaslights you and is like, "Well, as a matter of fact, she was never part." You know what? You guys intentionally made it um, made it uh, uh, nebulous nebulous so that mm-hmm. so that. You know, those th- so that it could work for you. But mm-hmm. then you could back out of it when it was. It was a
1: convenient so, confusion. Yeah.
0: All right. But you know what? I'm tired of being salty. I'm going to. I'm gonna ready to move sweet. on to sweets. Yes. I'm ready to move on to sweets. And that's perfect because our guest this week is Antonio Bakur. I'm sorry. I'm going to. Re- I'm going to do that again. Our guest this week is Antonio Bachur because his name is pronounced like a sneeze. Uh, Antonio's beautiful dessert uh, became famous before he did. Uh, millions of followers on Instagram watch him make these glistening, colorful, mirror-glazed desserts, uh, for which he's been named the best pastry chef in the world, at his shop in Coral Gables. Um, and But Antonio started out with pretty humble roots. His family emigrated from a tiny village in in Lebanon to Puerto Rico, where they started a bakery, and that's where he was born. And while his two brothers preferred to be out playing volleyball, he was back at the bakery— Messing with pasteles and wondering, why can't we put guava in a croissant? By the way, there's, a, uh, there's another volleyball reference to the show. Uh, so I, we're, we're having a lot of volleyball and Puerto Rico references in the show. Remember Jose Mendy? Uh, Antonio, uh, he's an innovator. Uh, he was one of the first to add color to the chocolate mirror glazing. And um, that let him turn these little bite-sized sweets into artwork. Uh, really, it's like, they're like edible jewelry. He started posting photos of what he made to social media. And he never keeps a secret to himself. He actually has written several cookbooks. Uh, and he became a teacher of this method the world over. Um, and people, people flocked to him to learn how to make these kind of brilliant desserts. You go to a shop on a weekend, and you will find him there. And you will find fans waiting for his autograph. And the interesting part is, he's such a humble and quiet, reserved guy but somehow we got him on the show. So let's talk to him about it. Bienvenido Antonio.
2: Hey, thank you to having me.
0: Oh man, thank you thank so you much. Thank you for making time.
1: Here. You just got back from like a, a whirlwind tour of the world doing all of your, your pastry stuff. Were you were you teaching or were you
2: filming shows? What were you doing? I was doing teaching, collaboration dinner, and pop up in Barcelona for Oh my show. Very
0: nice. Very nice. You, you mentioned to us that uh, um, among your trip, um, you were opening a Lebanese restaurant. And I want to ask you about that um, be, because your, your shop here started as you started as just bakery, just pastries, and then it into breads. And then it became kind of a full restaurant in Coral Gables. And I know that you're opening a new spot uh, in the design districts, uh, too. So I want to ask you first, kind of going back a little bit, like, what was it like? What was your household like? growing up of Lebanese descent in Puerto Rico. What did, what did your table look like?
2: You know, uh, our table, like uh, I mentioned before, we are seven brothers. You know, my mom was cooking all day. Mm. She, she was cooking for almost 15 people a day. Uh, in the beginning was Lebanese food because uh-huh. that my mother she was making before. After uh, she started learning cooking Puerto Rican food, and then in the table, we have a mix of arroz con gandure, pasteles, steak, and cebollado with kiwi, hummus, baba ghanoush, uh, castor, uh all Guarani, all kind of Lebanese and Puerto Rican cuisine. Everything uh, was a I, mess. Of I'm, food. Looking,
0: <laughs> I'm looking at Amy's face, and she's like drooling. She's ready yes. to go to your go to your mom's house back in time and I eat at your table. I would love to do that. that. That must have given you a lot of um, – it must have woken woken up different parts of your brain when it came to creativity. When you were watching that different cultures of food meet on on one plate.
2: Yes, uh, I always say my mom is the best cook in in the world. You know, hmm. she made the best pastere uh, and then, you know, the, the good thing about her, I learned that she was making pastere at that time, and she put like a twenty vegetables. Only one or two, like a plantain and calabaza. And then she mixed inside with different kinds of meat. And then I learned from her this creativity to start mixing and creating new dishes.
0: And that was the thing at the bakery, right? When you, when you were at the bakery, it, it was a very traditional Puerto Rican bakery, right? Like you were making generally gen- Puerto
2: Like Ric- a flan, cheesecake, tocino del cielo, like a classic stuff.
0: But entonces aquí viene Antonio and you start getting creative, <laughs> right? Do you, you want to start messing with it?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I always, you know, I'm very big fan uh, of a Spanish chef. Mm-hmm. So I started my career, I was following big Spanish chef like a Ferran, a pastry chef like a Paco Torreblanca. I see this guy doing something new uh, in Novide, um with a nice technique. I say, I can do the same. I want mm-hmm. to do the same in pastry. And then I start playing uh, with different techniques with different decorations that I think people buy first by ice. When they they see something beautiful, I say, wow. And then I say, I want to do something wow, faster, and then taste much better. And then we we get it.
0: Right. And the thing about your pastries is that they are beautiful. There's a lot of times where somebody will make something beautiful, but you don't necessarily want to eat it. There's something about it that is like, it's, but there's your pastries. There's something about that mirror glaze that like, you just want to bite into it. It's so perfect. Like, like, they, like, uh, Ed Norton said in, uh, in fight club, I just want to destroy something beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like you just want to eat it and, and, and see, you know, every, get every little bit of it. Uh, tell me about that. You know, that idea of where did you learn that, that idea that eating with your eyes is half the battle is bringing people in.
2: You know because uh, like I'm, even pe- uh, people they, they they buy by eyes. If you like a car, you always see the car first before you go inside and you touch it and you taste it. The same with the food. I think when you like something, the first impression you 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 have fifty percent that you want to buy that, and then if you taste and it's much better. You know people get crazy about that, and then oh I always. So like this is the way to sell uh, pastry that looks beautiful. But at the same time, when you eat it, it uh, tastes much better. And then I think we, we focus on that, uh, the wow factor. But like I used to say, the Chinese glaze, when they start this trend, like uh, 20 years ago, uh, I remember it was uh, only people do like a dark chocolate glaze. And then we start doing some color, like a red, like a yellow, like a shiny. And people was contact me from Russia in 2004 to go there to teach this kind of glaze and then to Europe, to Asia, and then become this kind of uh, crazy thing to traveling almost a, a month, three, four times a month to teach people to do that.
1: So yeah. wait, back up, back up, um, Antonio. How did you go from um, from the bakery in Puerto Rico to start working in Miami?
2: You know, uh, I moved first to from in Miami in 2000. Uh, uh, my brother was living here in Miami. I, I went to Europe, and I came back to Puerto Rico. I started working in uh, different hotel uh, resorts in Puerto Rico, and then my brother said, "Come to Miami; it's a nice place." I came here, started working, and then I moved to New York back, and I came back to Miami.
0: And you came here. You you came here because you felt like Miami was a place where. That was open, that was receptive to you changing the formulas, right? Like to, to bring in some of those high techniques. You were at the, uh, which hotel was it that you were at where you started creating
2: some? I, I came, uh, I worked uh, first with a catering company and then I went to Talula with Andrea Corso okay. in 2003. And then I worked for different restaurants and then in 2007 at the W when pastry chef opening and then I went to New York. For work for a different hotel, and they came back in 2009 to 2010 to open Saint Regis.
0: The Saint Regis, right? That's right. After where you, after that's you where opened where you the Saint Regis, of-
1: you opened another place over by Brickell City Center, right? You you opened your first place.
2: Yes, in uh no after Saint Regis. Oh, okay. Right. It was in like bistro. 15, you bistro, bistro, bistro. Yeah.
1: I remember I went to a media dine there and I, I decided after that, that I will never go to a dessert only media dine because they will, they'll kill you with, <laughs> they will kill you with sweets. <laughs> you will die. He just he just he
2: just it was after. just a
1: lot of sweets. I was just like, you know, something guys, I can't eat anymore. <laughs> it, everything was delicious, but I was, I was going to die.
0: I, I was, I found it interesting. Like, you know, you're, One of the things that I really discovered about your place that I loved was I just love your croissants. Like they're the closest thing that I had to anything in Europe, not just closest, I mean, it was identical to anything I had in Europe where you bite into it and it's just like, you taste that cultured butter in every little bit of of that bite, you know? Um, And I think people forget like, they're like, why is this, why is a, a, a croissant so expensive? And I know at one point I was like, oh my God, I'm paying $4 for a croissant or $5 for a croissant. And then you realize, if you realize all the amount of butter that goes into one of those things, like it's one of the most expensive ingredients, you know, yeah. it's a, and, and, the, uh, and, the, and the skill that goes into that.
2: You know, our, our croissant, we use a 100% uh, French butter. Uh, um, usually people add 25% of butter for the croissant. We add 50%. 50%. Amy, it's a Amy lot of half, of,
0: half of the croissant, it's basically yeah, a butter. vehicle to eat butter.
1: Um, yeah, I like I love both that. Of those things, bread and butter. <laughs> I like them both. <laughs>
2: uh and you know, and the butter is very expensive, you know. It's uh mm-hmm. it's the way I, I want to eat. Uh we try to don't over ferment the the croissant, the dough before we add the butter, because I don't want to taste like an acidity. I want to taste like a butter, like a yeah. fat. Mm-hmm. The good thing is the fat, it's not the, the fermentation. And then uh I love croissant. I can eat 12 every day. I eat <laughs> every day like a ten croissant. It's, it's, it's my addiction, and then I, I I want to taste a croissant that tastes like a butter, like you eating like a bread and butter. That's you know the way what's to funny
0: is when I when I hear you talk about that, like we I, I do believe that you will eat ten croissants in a day because I think of this guy um, Renato Viola who owned uh, Mr. 01's uh, extraordinary pizza. And, you know, he was, he was like a pizza nut. He was a pizza freak. He opened a pizza shop at his parents' house in Italy, like cooking out of the back room. Like basically, if I, if I turned my planchita and, and opened my window and started selling out of it, that's what he was doing with pizza. And the guy today eats nothing but pizza all day. And I feel like those things, you, people that really are in love with what they do and are really great at it, um, are actually in love with it. Yeah, they're they're consume not just great their, at it. they
1: consume their products. Yes,
2: they they use their product.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you get high so, on your to, own supply.
2: That's right. Today, uh, I have already like a three croissant today: <laughs> <laughs> the lavash, the and the pecan.
0: <laughs> Antonio, um, tell me a little bit about um, so your background. You grew up in this very, um, you know, this this Lebanese household, and and you just mentioned that you during your trips and such. You're now opening a Lebanese restaurant in Mexico Tell me a little bit about how you go from making pastries to just deciding that you like you want a fuller concept and you want to do more food and now it sounds like you're touching into your like historically your family's roots with Lebanese food what what made you think about doing that
2: you know uh, like I said before my mom is the my first inspired person to cook uh, I love to cook in my house I cook. Uh, I know how to cook. You know, I cook many cuisine. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm and My mom they teach us to how to cook Lebanese food. Always because she was working a lot. They have some business, and then always we cooking home Lebanese food. And then, you know, I always want to open a restaurant. Uh, after we opened the, the bakery and bistro, I want to open a, a food restaurant. And uh, I was doing a consulting in Mexico for a big group, a hotel group, a Palace Resort. It's like an all-inclusive uh, hotel in, in Mexico. They have 14 hotels, and then we create like a commissary kitchen, like a 28,000 square feet to oh, make wow. like a like a croissant. We do like a 40,000 croissant every day to supply. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. did you say 40,000? 40, 40,000 cro- <laughs> croissant per day. Yeah, I wanted to make we, sure
0: that was not lost in any kind of translation. No, that is 40, 000, an incredible yeah. number. How many yeah. of them did you eat? Twenty thousand? <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, in
1: well, that's why it makes so many.
2: That's why. Yeah. The in two thousand fifteen, the owner of this hotel group, uh, the Chapur family, they contacted me to to fix all the pastry program for the hotel. Because hmm. it's all inclusive. They want to do like a very high end dessert uh, for the customer because they are four and five star all inclusive hotel and then I went uh, was a, a little bit mess because you know each hotel they have their own pastry shop, and the and there was one hotel they are they doing good one other, they don't doing good. I say well, we don't centralize everything, and we we do a commissary kitchen that we do everything one in one place and then we send to each hotel what they need every day, and he loved the idea and then he built out a big commissary kitchen with the all the equipment I asked, and then we start doing. All the croissant, pastry, dessert for the buffet. Uh, the dessert for they have like a native restaurant, kind of restaurant like a Lebanese, uh, Indian, um, and then the, the Lebanese restaurant they have was not good. I uh, my my brother and me we go every month, one week to Cancun to show all the pastry chefs, all the new recipe, new mm-hmm. technique for the to the to the next. Buffet, because we change the buffet every month, different buffets. Okay. For the, for patients. And they say, I, I told Habib is the, the son of the owner. This restaurant, Lebanese, is no good. We need to fix it. And he asked me, to me and my brother, to fix it. And we changed oh, all completely menu. You know? were, you, were you like,
0: uh, did you kind of rub your hands and say, yes. all right, now I'm going to yes. make some, some of mama's yes. food here.
2: Yeah, we made the homemade pizza bread. We make all the, all the mesa, the hummus. And he loved it. He loved it. Loved it. love it. Loved it. Loved it. And then last year, he he from Merida. He he built out a, a hotel in Merida and food hall in the hotel, okay. like a beautiful space, high end. And he asked me to open Bashur and an Lebanese restaurant, fine dining, and we say yes. And then we decided to to open in, in Merida, Mexico. And we just opened it like two months ago. A super packed restaurant. It's busy. We have a lunch and dinner, uh, and people love it. We do. We make like a six different kind of hummus, like uh, with camote or sweet potato, like a uh, uh, with beet uh, hummus, calamata uh, olive, uh, baba ganoush. You know, it's it's like a mix of Lebanese modern Lebanese, and and people love it. It's crazy how it's, uh, people like
0: it. Yeah. Is there a place in Miami that you, when you need Lebanese food and you don't necessarily want to start cooking, that you'll go and you have some? Is there a place that. You...
2: My mom' house.
0: Uh, does your mom uh, live here? Duh. Does she live in yeah. Miami? Yeah, she lives in Miami.
2: Oh, she okay. makes the, 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 best, the best Lebanese food. Oh, that's. Are is all your fantastic. brothers here still too? Yeah, yeah. I have one brother, two brothers in Miami, and three in Puerto Rico.
0: Okay. Oh, wow. So you guys really made Miami home then?
2: What What yeah, is it that
0: you like about, about being here and, and setting listen, up shop here?
2: You know, when I moved to Miami, I see the, the weather is amazing, the people, the different culture in Miami, that you you walk in the street and you feel like uh, you are in, in the best place in the world. You know, the like I see, I'm very lucky. Uh, I travel every year about 25 countries in the world um I cannot shame Miami for nothing for any what any part place of Miami do you live in I live in uh, Brickle Key now
0: Oh that's nice there my my yeah. oldest uh my oldest uh, boyfriend lived in Brickle Key and that's that's an interesting little little enclave What do you, what do you like about that part of town specifically because you had your choice.
2: You know because I have I can walk with my wife um uh, I have next to me Lamar uh I love Peruvian food like at least I when I'm in Miami I go once a week to, to have dinner over there and then, you know, to walk, to go to the uh, shopping mall, to walk around the, the, the I, lo- I love water. I, I, I wake up every day in my window, I see the water and then I, I feel happy.
0: You mentioned uh, to me when we were, when we talked a couple of years ago that, um, like getting married to you and meeting your wife was like such a big part of your life. And like, you be begu- you guys became like like it totally changed your life before and after. So, you know, I- I'm curious, I'm curious, like when you're a young guy coming up and you're trying to figure things out and then you meet someone that kind of changes your life that way. I I don't know. I'm wondering how that how that changed your life.
2: You know, uh, like, um, you know, I I meet my wife in my first shop in Miami, the one she went in in Bricker. Oh, Okay. Uh, She was on vacation in Miami and then she went with with her friend to to Bricker and then she stopped uh, at this shop. When I saw her first time, I, I fell in love. I say, "Wow, oh, who is this beautiful woman?" And then I went to the table, I talked to her. I gave a macaron in the box with my my business card and then Wow. She said, hey, Look yeah, at yeah, that. Yeah. He gave yeah. he
0: gave her the digits with dessert. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good move. She was
2: never going to forget that guy's number. And then yes, uh I I I, I talked to her like a 5 minutes and then she sent me a message uh after uh after one month we married. She was wow. on vacation.
1: What? That yeah, is yeah. amazing. You got married a month
2: later. Yes. What well, year was this? Uh, in 2015. Wow. So you
0: guys, you guys have now been married going on eight years, then or four, six no six years. years, going on six years. Six uh, yeah. You're, um, you're, but you're, you told me the story that, like, that's not uh, also uh, that that is there's part romance and there's part of like. Feeling like you build a life with someone as well, like someone that you see.
2: Yeah, that, you know the, the the thing. She was from Colombia. She was on vacation in Miami. My mother and my brother they are very traditional. They have the mentality of the Lebanese people. You know, if is, I come to my, you know, the the if I if, if I talk to my mom that I meet a girl from Colombia in one mo in two weeks, uh, I will marry. She will she will get crazy. She don't allow me. <laughs> you know, she, she You know, she. <laughs> And they we don't say to anybody. We, after one month. You eloped? I, yeah. I I keep it wow. secret. Uh, wow. We get married. Uh, at that time, my mom, she was living with me in my house, in my apartment. Uh, I came, I was in, Bra- in Brazil doing some consulting. I came Friday morning. Uh, the Friday they came, uh, they arrived to Miami at like a six o'clock. I came to my house. I take a shower and I, I told my mom, I go into my shop. Yeah, Okay. And then I come back at 10 o'clock with my wife. And I told my wife, uh, this is my wife. And my mom was like in shock. Your <laughs> wife? Oh, my God. And then, you know, but my mom, uh, I want to say she was uh, very nice with my wife. And, and she don't say nothing. She said, oh, okay, thank you. That's, that's great. And then that was Friday and Monday. I need to come back to Brazil to finish the, the consulting. And then I let my wife with my mom together for one week. Oh my God, my
0: God. that Me must muero. have been so, I would have loved to have just had a little camera in oh there. You, you need a little Nest camera to check in, make sure everybody's still, And what no, was that What was that, that week like? They must have yeah. bonded.
2: No, I, I spent together with my wife and my wife, my mother, three days, three night. Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And Monday, I went back to Brazil. Tuesday, I, I called my wife, what are you doing? No, with your mom in the bed, watching, watching novelas. <laughs> like Mexican novel. Oh, I, and then I say, okay, every, everything going, going very well.
0: Oh, that's, that's so nice, man. What a success story. Your, 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 your dad also, I think you remember telling me that your dad married a, 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 your mom from the same little town in Lebanon yeah. that they were from, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. You know, the, our, my, my parent town is very small town, like a five, like a two hundred family. It's a, it's be it's a small town. And they grow up together, you know. Uh, my my father he immigrates from uh, Lebanon to Bras- Brazil first, and then he moves to Colombia, and then Puerto Rico.
0: Oh wow! And yeah, then, yeah. so you guys, so you you kind of emulated this very tight, tight knit family for yourself. And it, you you mentioned to me that you you and your wife you travel all over the world on your on your teaching tours, right? Like you go on these yeah, yeah. on these pastry uh, teaching tours.
2: At least sixty percent of the time, she traveled with me. Uh she, also she works online. Uh the thing is we don't have kids. We have you know, I told my wife, let's enjoy the life. The good thing about these traveling trips I, I I do is that I take some day off to spend time with my wife. You know, is it's something that I love it to have time with my wife because my wife is very positive person. She do like uh she always I, I never see somebody more positive than my wife. You know, we are we we've, we've been six years married. I never never see my wife sad or complaining, or you know she's always full of energy, positive energy. She's very she, she's very Catholic. She believes in God. She does, uh, and then she very positive person. And then I love to have with me because they they give me some good energy.
0: You know, my dad was like that. Amy, you you know my you knew my dad and yeah, my your dad, dad was the- your dad was tons of fun. My dad was the kind of guy who never had a bad date. Like people talk about being depressed and that's a real thing. And, but my dad was never down. He was not a person. I mean, in like my entire life, you know, people in their most private moments and, and he was never down aside from the, God, I wish my husband
1: could say these things about me. <laughs> <He probably laughs> does. No, you, you know, he when, does
2: when, we get, when we get married, uh, I was raining. I said, wow, it's raining today. Uh, I said, now it's a disaster. The business will be crazy, and people they will not come to to our shop. I said, don't say that. Say thanks, God is raining because the raining when they rain they they fit bird, plant, whatever. You know you need to always looking for the positive thing about what everything happened. Uh, my dad,
0: my dad was like that too. He was a farmer. I like did. You know? So it was like he was the kind of guy where if it rained, he was happy because the trees were growing and everything else. Like. As, as a cosa de guajiro, I think that that's...
2: Yeah, and, you the, and, and she think that. like this, like uh, everything happened, uh, good or bad, she say it, it happened for a good reason. And uh, for me, this, I, I, I learned a lot from my wife, this kind, to be a better person, to be always positive.
1: Dude, I need to be more like your wife, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so, a good way to be.
0: She, Amy. You want your husband to talk to you like that? You'd be like more like his wife. Be nice. I'd be
1: like, oh god, be everything's nicer. terrible. Tony, be so
0: salty. <laughs> well, you mentioned about all your travels. You you recently were just traveling. You mentioned your work. You were working on a documentary with the Discovery Channel. What, what's all yes, that about?
2: Yeah. In, in, in Italy. You know, I I went to 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 Spain to Madrid. Uh, they gave me the 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 award of the best pastry chef. This year again, twice in four you, years.
0: You've, was, you, you've now been named world's best pastry chef for a second time.
2: Second time, yeah. Uh, and then I, I went to Madrid to do for this and to do a dinner with Danny Garcia and Alex Atara. We did a collaboration dinner. I, I did the dessert for for the press for this for this uh, award. And then they invite me like last year to do like uh, with a four chef from German. Germany and, and Netherlands to do a documentary of Puglia in Italy, in the south of, uh, of Puglia, uh, in the city of Taranto. To to Taranto, it's beautiful city that they have the bigger uh, mussel farm uh, in 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 uh, in this kind. They 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 grow up uh, mussels so in, in the of seafood water. Muscles, yeah, the seafood mussels, Yeah, yeah. But they want they are very famous in in muscle, but also, they are very famous in burrata, in cheeses, in local products.
0: See, and I, they, was gonna, want- I was going to say, Amy, that's that sounds more like you because mussels. Yeah, I and know you. Know. And, you're, you're not you're not big into the uh, into the, the snot of the sea. Although no, I, no, no, I no. Love, but I would eat I all muscle. the
1: cheese, all the burrata.
0: You would yeah. eat all the
2: burrata, yeah, yeah. And then uh, they did a documentary for four days. The each chef they will pick two products from uh, this from Taranto. And then do go to the kitchen, cooking, baking, and then to prepare for uh, hundred people, for trade for local people. And then uh, this, this thing was recorded to do a documentary to to promote uh, local product. Uh, I choose mascarpone cheese and basil. Ooh.
0: Wow! And
2: I did a dessert with mascarpone cheese and basil, and it was oh was people amazing. yeah, people love it. What did and it look then, like? I did like a mascarpone uh with the uh, basil uh cream, basil syrup, uh you know, a mix and then what crazy? was a uh, crazy. How big was it? Like a, How big was it? Was very small because you know it's uh uh was uh, like uh six, seven dishes, but so uh, beautiful. It was white um, and green, the color of the basil, you know, the oh, aesthetic wow. was uh, was beautiful. But the taste was a plution of, of flavor of mascarpone, queso. We we put a little bit of our Caribbean root, the coconut, you know, to mm. to to make something more tropical too. And the people that was was not expecting the flavor of the coconuts, and then it was a good combination.
0: You 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 work with mascarpone a lot. A lot of the desserts that I've had at your shop, uh, you I you have that that flavor profile. What is it about that particularly that?
2: You know, I, I love to work with mascarpone, uh, also with yogurt because this kind of dairy they give a nice texture to, to the dessert. You know, that's they, very they,
0: that's they, very Lebanese, they, right? You're using yeah, the, yeah.
2: the yogurt. Yeah, to make it nice and creamy. You know, the texture of the of the or this kind of mascarpone. You can mix with different flavor of fruit, chocolate, or of whatever you want to add it. And I like the texture, soft and creamy. When you eat, they melt in your mouth, and that's I, I I I like to to work with this kind of, of products.
1: So when you when I first found out about you on Instagram before I think before even you had that place in in Brickell, how did you go from being like a guy who makes desserts to being like the guy who everybody has to follow on Instagram if they want to know what like the newest most beautiful um, dessert uh, trends are? Like how did you become like an Instagram Thing because by the time I found you, you already had like half a million followers, and like you were just everything. You don't even come in on the screen; it's just your hands doing stuff. And it was always just the most amazing thing. Like, how did you become? Like, how did you know to ad- adapt adopt Instagram early and then just kind of run with it?
2: You know, uh, I think because I, I I break the rules of, of pastry in, in 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 the world uh, because before. You know, French chef, they do a lot of great things. Uh, the great techniques coming from French. But all was the same. Was the banana, the hazelnut, the caramel. Everything was black, black and white, black and white, black and white, brown, black and white. You know, uh, I remember I was doing all these plated dessert before in, in the 2000, 2005, with uh, edible flour, with different color, and people... You know, I I remember one guy from Spain. They always say uh, a, a famous pastry chef. I, I I was following Antonio only to see the the the, the dessert in the glass he was making. I was making design in the glass that they looked like a pretty design in the glass with a lot of coral, flowers. And that people when they 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 saw this and they, they we opened the the vision of of pastry to the to, to most of the people were sleeping with the same. Uh, thing that we've been doing for 100 years, like a, the same chocolate, pradine, hazelnut, banana, and coffee. That, that that was the color. And then, when we blow away the aesthetic of the dessert that looked like a piece of art, people was crazy about that. And people was contacting me to do a class in Bangkok, a class in, in Spain. And then, like this, we start growing, 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 and then become very famous. With the color in in pastry, in dessert. Um, Was
1: it you running the Instagram account? Was it you, just like okay? My doing yeah, it?
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to 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 run my Instagram account because uh, I like to 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 be in touch with the people. Some people they ask so many questions or, or, or good questions. Uh, if they have the time to ask me, I have the time to get back to them.
0: You you take a lot of the photos, right? Like you always have the newest iPhone and you t- try to take really nice photos of things, right?
2: Listen, is uh, is I cannot, if, if I choose to not be face to chef, I will be a photographer. i I love to take a picture, you know. I have like eighty five thousand picture in my iPhone. Uh, 85,000 yeah, yeah, pictures yeah,
1: yeah. he's got that is, real the upgraded plan I was going to yeah, say yeah, you got
2: that you got that uh, iCloud You got
1: the world's biggest yeah, cloud yeah,
2: the $100
0: yeah, yeah. a month iCloud yeah. plan
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah something like that believe me and, uh, <laughs> I, I like to take pictures you know it's uh, my uh, is my passion you know I never I never have a professional camera always in my phone interesting I have a good eyes I always say I have a good eyes to take a picture,
0: right? That's fantastic, and and you've translated that now to like. I'm curious how that how that goes on, over into when you open a full restaurant, right? Like, Bature here in the Coral Gables is now has been for the last couple of years a full restaurant, and you're opening another one in the design district. What's what's the deal with that one?
2: Yeah, we're opening now uh, a design district, uh, table, like uh, in French, mean come to my table. Uh, we want to open a a restaurant with a French influence. I love French food, being in France every year, I go like five, six times to teach classes in in France. I I love it. And then we decided to open a restaurant in Design District. You know, for me, when I came to Miami, uh, one of the best place for me for restaurant was uh, downtown uh, um, Design District. To, and Cora gable of course. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I open I my eyes in the same industry where I have the opportunity to open something. I don't want to open Bashur because people, when they say Bashur, they know it's Bashur, brunch, all day brunch, dessert, croissant. I don't want to open the same concept because we are so busy here in Cora Gable. We do like 7,000 people a week. Saturday and Sunday, we do 1,000 for brunch. And then I want to do something different. I want to do something that I can be more more uh, creative to, to do something different because when you do the same, 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 I think at some point you will be like more, like, okay, let's open. We, I know to do this already, but I want to do something different that I can, I can get more excited to do it and keep doing because, you know, I have a, a lot of passion for this, for this career. You know, for me, you cannot believe it. Uh, I wake up every day like on my first day. It's not like a, I wake up today. Oh, I need to go to the restaurant. I wake up every day at four o'clock. And my wife, my wife say, "Why well, you need to wake up so early?" Because I need to go. I want to go. You know, I I still have the same passion like a thirty years ago when I started this career. And then I want to keep to do something new. And then we decide to open table.
0: You know, I I think that there there is so much truth in that. Um, even you don't have to be a famous chef. For instance, I was thinking of the guy. Uh, the guy's name is Andy Herrera, and he owns a little Cuban bakery called Breadman. Breadman is the place that invented the croqueta cake. It's a cake <laughs>
1: the monstrosity. surrounded
0: with. Cro- Do you know what I'm talking about, Antonio? Have you heard of Yeah, about yeah, this? yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, of course.
0: So he's a guy that would wake up at three in the morning and say, like, oh my God, I just had a dream about this. And he would turn to his table or he would tell his wife, quick, write this down. And each of them have a notepad me, next me to the bed. Me too. And they me write too. things down.
2: The same that only happened with people with passion, with this passion for this career. I wake up at uh, three o'clock with the idea. I write. I ha- always I have my notebook next to me in my in my desk, in my in my bed. You oh, know, that was a scene in the, the
1: bear. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> that happened in that in that TV show, The Bear. The chef was sleeping and then she woke up and she was like, Oh, semi-glaze with the that, the, that, the that happened
2: <laughs> only to a passionate chef. You when mm-hmm. you have passion. Is 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 something you you like? I always say I, I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner thinking about pastry, uh, about food, about what I need to do next.
0: Well, uh, uh, Antonio, we know that you are eager to eat another croissant anytime <laughs> now. You've been starved <laughs> for croissants. so, so in, I've, 20, in twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, was, we, we, no, we interrupted interested his croissant flow. His his yeah, it's it. His his watch yeah. is going to go off and like beep beep beep. Time to eat another croissant. croissant. Time. So, but, so before we let you go, we got to ask you to play a game. You know, you guys, you've grown up here in Miami. You know, really, you've spent so much of your life here in Miami now that uh, I know that you're familiar with croquetas, pastelitos, and café cubano. So we're going to ask you to play a version of kiss, marry, kill with food. So of those three things, you have to pick one that you want to kiss another one's ones, one that you just want to have around for a minute you really like it, one that you want to marry, and one that you have to kill, you have to get rid of. So if you have croquetas, pastelitos, and Café Cubano, play Kiss, Mary, Kill with us. Which do you choose?
2: Of of these three? Of those Mm -hmm. three? Café Cubano. Café Cubano. Okay, so that's
1: that's your Mary? That's the one that you can keep forever? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I love coffee. And Café Cubano, I cannot live without. Really? That's interesting. which,
1: Which one would you kiss? Which is the one that you're like, okay, I'll have you now, but then we can break up.
2: We can break. are the other two? are the other croquetas two? And the croquetas and pastelitos. Pastelitos. Ah, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Pastelitos. So mabanchi. he wants the
1: sweet. He wants the sweet. Yeah. So you kill. You kill croquetas.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Oye, between, pero, between, between pastelito and croqueta, pastelito. He's guayaba, pastelito, when, man. Uh, I, love,
0: I love. it. You know, I have not seen pastelitos at your shop. When are we gonna see pastelitos al Antonio Bacher?
2: We did the, the croissant with cheese. Like an inspiration inspired I, of the pastelito guayaba. Oh of okay, course, okay. Of yeah course. no that
0: guava and cheese croissant yeah, is yeah. amazing. It is we amazing. Did, we
2: did we I told you when I came to Miami, nobody was making guava and cheese croissant. Right. After I did, we made everybody making now. Right. Everybody. Even with the same shape.
0: But let me tell you, not everybody is beautiful. Like I could probably I think I think that the pastries that you make, and, and I am also, a, I have a personal preference to like uh, Trulov out in uh, in South Beach.
2: Very, very great place. I love really,
0: it. Really, really fantastic, beautiful desserts. And really. I, I know that you're a guy that appreciates things. that You start yeah, with it yeah. looking fantastic. And and um, uh, Tomas Trulovic out there.
2: He's he, he doing a great job. Uh, he's a very artisanal, very picky, very nice. I I, I love what he
0: yeah, I think I think that you guys are are head and shoulders uh in uh, some of my uh, my favorites when it comes to croissants right now. But Antonio, I think I think I heard the alarm go off. I think it's time for you to have another uh, croissant.
2: It's croissant yes. time. Another croissant, another Cuban coffee. We, we we make here also Cuban coffee. I love the Cuban coffee. They sweeten the Cuban.
0: Perfect. I'm five, I'm 5 minutes away, so I might just I might just run over to Bachur and have a Yeah. Have I'm a, here. A, a, a I waiting for you. Voy para allá. Antonio, okay. thanks so much for your time, man. Thank you. It's been great talking. No, thank with
2: you. Thank you for having me. I'm very nice to be here. Thank All you. And
0: where can people find you before you go? Where Where do you want people to follow you, look for you? Where do Where do you want to send people from here?
2: You know, uh, Antonio. Uh, Miami. Also on Instagram. Uh, come to to our shop in Cora Gable, Doral. We opening now a design district. We we'll be a different concept. We we'll be amazing concept. Uh, you know the thing about the the. The, the design district concept table will be will be a restaurant, full restaurant with a nice bar. And next, they have a cafe with oh, their our dessert. Very well, nice. separate. Yeah,
0: very nice. Well, we're ready. Whenever that's ready yeah, to open, yeah, we're definitely ready. We'll I'll leave Kendall for that.
2: There. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a <laughs> good day, thank you, Antonio. Take care, buddy. Thank you. you. Bye bye.
1: He needs to open a place in Kendall. That's all I gotta say.
0: Listen. Leave Kendall for a minute. Can you just leave Kendall for a minute? <laughs>
1: I'm Come definitely going to go to the design district. That's for sure. I'm going to probably.
0: It's early enough in the day. I mean, it's, it's lunchtime. Like, I am ready to go have a croissant and un café con leche. Oh,
1: man. That, that croissant with guava and cheese, I've never had. I've had his regular croissants and they're, they're fire, but I haven't had the guava and cheese croissant. That sounds oh, amazing.
0: Oh, there's one that he does with like a, like a Nutella inside.
1: I Like all those things.
0: They're beautiful. Amy, I believe... That is a show.
1: I think you're right, Carlos.
0: Yeah. I think uh, I think we, we covered a lot of territory and uh, but we'll have somebody else interesting to talk to you next week until yes, then. we
1: will, and I will have had a planchita sandwich by next week because yes. I <laughs> I am coming to your house and you will use the planchita for me.
0: This weekend it's all planchita all the time in
1: Philadelphia. <laughs> 24-7 planchita time.